This week, Trump invites the Taliban to Maryland, Congress is back from the beach, and I get Joe to talk about football on the Defense Nerds Podcast. Welcome back to the Defense Nerds Podcast, where each week we break down the biggest military and veterans news on Capitol Hill. My name is Leo Shane. I am Deputy Editor at Military Times. Thank you for returning from your summer vacation to spend some time with us. With me, as he is every week, is a man who spent his vacation ghostwriting Jim Mattis' next book on Marine Corps acquisition policy. It's Joe Gould, Capitol Hill Bureau Chief for Defense News. Joe, how's your summer been? Uh, summer's great. Summer's great. You know, the funny thing is that there's actually some really exciting stuff that's going on with uh, Marine Corps acquisitions policy, but I won't. I mean, I won't. I, this is why you're writing the book. There this really is. is. Spectacular. So, um, Joe, should, before we get started, should we discuss the fantasy drafts that have been going on over the last few weeks on this podcast? Uh, sure. It was pretty good. I, uh, I came away with one win. I came away with one solid second place finish, uh, one other not so great showing. And also you, um... I tanked the whole thing. You were tanked you were the, involved. The whole time. You were, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe uh, the less said, the better. And the other thing is, uh, I uh, I gained a film degree because uh, I stole the film degree of our producer Ben here, uh, who had to relinquish it after getting <laughs> trounced in our. Uh, it was spectacular. That's was, how uh, that works. It was actually. fun. We will uh, we'll have to do it again sometime, but it won't be anytime soon because we've got a full fall schedule that we got to work on here. So, Joe, let's break down what's happening on the two biggest defense stories uh, we've got in the next oh few my weeks. God. First up, oh come on, man! Everybody's back. It's, it's going to be such a it's, it's so going to be such a wild week this week. So, all right. Well, first up is defense uh, appropriations bill for next fiscal year. Uh, when we last saw Congress, lawmakers had just agreed upon a two-year spending deal that had about $738 billion set aside for the Defense Department. Everybody seemed happy about it, or at least enough people were happy enough to, to pass the deal. Uh, Senate comes back this week, has a few military appropriations hearings scheduled already. Uh, the defense versus non-military spending uh, issue was really the sticking point for these partisan fights up here. So with that out of the way, I thought, a lot of people thought that we were sort of set for the budget, getting it done by October 1st, starting the new fiscal year. So why are House Democrats talking about a CR right now? Um, well, House appropriators uh, draft and uh, drafted and uh, marked up their uh, spending bills weeks ago, but the Senate probably so that it didn't get in the way of the negotiations that you're the the budget talks that you were talking about um, actually held back, and they're only um, uh, going to release their draft and mark up their um, their bills uh, their their appropriations bills this week or or at least some of them including defense. So House Democrats say that they want a uh, continuing resolution to allow more time for the Senate. Um, I'm a little bit puzzled. I don't know why this, like, why is the Senate not asking for a CR for the Senate? Why is, um, why are basically, Democratic leadership asking for a CR for the Senate? Basically, the House is looking and saying, you're not going to get your work done on time. And we think you're going to, you're going to need the extra time. But doesn't doing a budget extension, a continuing resolution, just open up the door for more shenanigans here? I mean, they, again, they had... They had the outline of a budget deal. Everybody seemed like it was fine. It's one thing if they extend it for a week, but they we've heard rumors that they may extend it through October. This may go to Thanksgiving for them to finish everything. Right. We have a president who tends to say things that upset the apple cart. Well, I mean, I think they they definitely need the time to get the to get their work done. Um, and I think I think you're right that the theory is that the faster you go, the you know, sort of the less, um, you know, the, f- the fewer sort of ancillary issues that invade the process. But they did have a deal 
Um, the the budget deal uh, that they struck bars kind of poison pill riders. Now, a poison pill rider rider might be in the eye of the beholder. Um, yeah, look, they they eliminated some of the things. They eliminated some of the transfer authority issues and. Um, but, but that doesn't mean that there's not other problems that pop up. I mean, we saw the border wall funding issue pop up just a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, the defense department did move ahead with shifting around more than $3 billion in military construction funding to, to go to that Southern border wall. There's other ways to complain about that. There's other ways to try and put limits on that in the future. Um, and there's, there's just this, this uneasy, uh, agreement. I mean, yes, they passed the the broad outlines of a budget deal, but it wasn't unanimous in, mo- in both chambers. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly both some uh, fiscal conservatives and some, some liberals who objected to this. Well, I, you know, the, I, I guess I, I have kind of like a vague concern that the, that the military construction issue could create some bad blood between um, Republicans and Democrats, and that could in, in some way that we haven't seen yet uh, get in the way of a, of a final deal uh, on spending negotiations. But um, I think at least the plan is to um, is for the uh, Senate Republicans to wrap up um, defense spending with packages from several other, um, you know, several other other spending bills that are going to get the Democratic votes that they need to pass labor, health and human services. Um, they're also marking up um, energy and water and state and foreign ops. And if they get all of those bills done, um, then they probably got like 80 percent of discretionary spending. So if, and, and maybe they maybe they still wind up CRing. Um, kind of whatever's left over that final 20, 15%. Joe, be honest with the people. We're headed towards shutdown, aren't we? <laughs> I doubt We're it. We're always headed towards I don't shutdown. know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, up right now, I'm feeling optimistic. It's going to be a shutdown. I can already feel it. Everything's going to fall apart in the next few weeks. It's all all for naught. All right, look, let's, let's shift to the other big uh, defense issue facing lawmakers here, and that's the annual defense authorization bill. Uh, staffers have been working on the massive military policy measure for the last five weeks while lawmakers are back home in their districts relaxing. Uh, you reported this weekend that the House and Senate Armed Services Committee members have a pretty aggressive schedule that they're looking at. You and I. Uh, all right, but you did all the work on okay. that. Let's be honest with the people here. You <laughs> did most of the work usually. on that. Yeah. I just polished it up and fixed your uh, your, your uh, poor conjugation of verbs in there. So. <laughs> Uh, look, but they, they want to pass a conference report in the next couple of weeks here, uh, get floor time squared away before the end of the month. Typically, this bill isn't finished until after Thanksgiving. Last year was the exception to the rule, got it done in August. Um, but can they actually get this done on this kind of schedule? I thought they still have a lot of differences here to work out. Yeah, I mean, I think we have seen once the, um, you know, once conferees meet, we have seen um, some pretty... Um, kind of quick action um, in the past, but that's not been with uh, divided Congress. Yeah. So I think that you know, and and the the action that happened over here was that the was that that to get um, enough votes to pass in the House, they added a number of Democratic provisions to the to the to the House uh, NDAA that are probably going to have to come out, according to Jim Inhofe, um, the. Uh, you know, the chairman of the of the Senate Armed Services Committee in order to pass on the Senate side. So I think that takes work. Well, look, they they still haven't named conference committee members, so they got to do that. That's just a procedural move. Um, But once they do that, they are going to have to get everybody in a room together and talk out some of these issues. 
Um, they have still a big difference on the nuclear weapons policy in there. Uh, nukes, uh, border wall, um, authorization of the use of military force. Um, I can try and drag you through the whole widow's tax issue that's in there. Right. But Guantanamo, I think, is a big is is always. So a these big are one. some. I mean, not that not that these can't be broached, but it seems like two weeks, three weeks is a pretty aggressive schedule to sort of sort that's all right. those out, unless. There really is a sense from Inhofe and House Armed Services Chairman Adam Smith that they just want this done. That really, right. the the top line was the only thing. And once the appropriations bill is out the door and that's set, it really is just just minor fights that can be sorted out in a couple of afternoons. Well, I mean, let's be clear: they the conferees are going to get named this week, but um, this, there's a lot of staff work that that goes on, and and uh, staff on the committees like to say that. You know, they're just moving commas around. They're dealing with non-controversial issues. Um, if that's true, um, and I kind of don't think it is. Like, I feel like staff actually probably can, can get it. If they think they're going to get this done in three weeks, it better not be because they, they better have a path forward on a exactly, lot of this. Exactly, exactly. I, I kind of I, – it's my sense that probably staff has, has, has worked some of this stuff out or they've, or they've teed up potential deals um, for members to approve. Um, but – I don't know. I mean, I think definitely on the on the Milcon stuff, if that's a sticking point, um, like we were saying, Democrats will have only hardened, you know, um, given the the now that we've seen a list of of um, Milcon projects that are going to be affected. Um, so I don't know. I I'm I'm pessimistic at this point that they're going to be able to get it done in the time frame that they've uh, that they put forward. I mean, look, they always get it done. It is 58 year streak, but I feel like that timeline is just. Yeah, sometimes a little they get it, too rosy. I mean, sometimes too. they get it done just before Christmas. Yeah, so I would be, I would still be thinking that we're working through yeah. Thanksgiving here. So I mean, the, the only silver lining I'd say is that is that, um, you know, uh, Inhofe said ahead of the recess that that he and Adam Smith had had some good conversations, and he seemed pretty op- He was striking an optimistic tone. I mean, I think at that time you, you're, you know, the inclination is to take that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. Like, is that just uh, Jim Inhofe being nice? But maybe. You know, maybe they have had productive conversations. Stranger things have happened. Um, that's true. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's a great segue here for uh, for our next segment. Because, look, it's been a while since we've been here, uh, and stranger things have happened. So let's revisit, uh, for old time's sake, who is Trump pissing off this week? Uh, and the answer is a lot of people who don't want terrorists to hang out at presidential retreats. Because over the weekend, President Trump announced on Twitter that he was planning to invite Taliban leaders to Camp David as part of ongoing peace talks to end the war in Afghanistan. But he decided to cut them off after the latest attack in Kabul, uh, which killed a U.S. service member and numerous others. Uh, the announcement caught a lot of people off guard, uh, both Republican and Democratic members uh, and just members of the public, um, considering that bringing terrorist leaders to Maryland isn't a typical diplomatic move. Joe, what do, what do we make of all this? Well, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, folks couldn't help but notice that uh, that the president was going to bring these folks um, uh, Taliban negotiators to the United States um, just days before the anniversary of September 11th. Um, the optics of that, I mean, are, are sort of like stunning. Um, but, you know, I think... That's, that's exactly <laughs> where I I've Sorry, got nothing. Can, take, just, can we take a well, breath at that? No, yeah. no, just, no I, want, I want that to sit for a minute. The, yeah. Yes, the president was going to bring Taliban leaders to... A couple hundred miles, you know, not even from New York and even closer to Washington, D.C., just right around September 11th. Yeah. I mean, 
look, I, 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 you know, my own sort of interest was in what, you know, what are Republicans saying about this? Um, Democrats, you're always going to see criticism from um, from Democrats of uh, Donald Trump. But but what were Republicans saying? And there are a handful who had been saying up until now, um, Liz Cheney being one of them, Lindsey Graham, uh, voicing skepticism about even having these conversations, which were supposed to lead up to a, um, a, a significant drawdown of U.S. forces. I think we were going to leave um, 86, uh, what was it, 8,600 yeah, 8, been, been from, down from like 15. Yeah. So so there were folks who were, you know, Lindsey Graham, who, had, who we've watched over the years kind of beat the drum on a conditions-based withdrawal versus a timetable-based withdrawal. Um, in any case... Um, Republicans, you know, a number of them now are saying the president is right to cut off these talks now. What they weren't saying, um, at least most of them weren't saying he was wrong to have been having these conversations to begin with. Um, this is kind of their diplomatic way of, of letting folks know. Lindsey Graham, I think we, um, he had signaled that he was going to create some kind of legislative backstop that would have made it more difficult for, uh, for a withdrawal. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, look, and that's 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 the big question here: is where does what does this do to the peace process? Is there anything? Look, the the president has said on multiple occasions that he wants to wants to end the war in Afghanistan, wants to draw this down, but doesn't actually seem to be able to to move that issue. And if you know, we've heard we've heard reports of, as you said, talking about pulling down as many as five thousand troops, maybe leaving eighty six hundred. You know when. When Trump took office, there were about nine thousand troops in Afghanistan. So we're not we're not talking about any real substantial drawdown over the last three no. years here. As a matter of fact, it's been a continuous buildup. It doesn't seem like this is headed in any positive direction right now. Um, as bizarre as this this offer was, um, the the larger picture is just it seems like we're in the same stalemate and in the same rut that right. that the the war has been over there. I think it makes the president look like he was really I mean I don't know you tell me does does it make it look like he really wanted a deal like he was very anxious to 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 kind of sew this up. It looks um, crazy, Joe. <laughs> it just looks crazy. Like again, we're talking about you know, it's one thing that the peace talks he's He's had a lot of emphasis on it. He's mm-hmm. spoken about how important it is, um, but the idea of again of bringing the Taliban to Camp David can I seems crazy. Can I read to you uh, the tweet from from Liz Cheney, who please do, who is the number three Republican in the House? Camp David is where America's leaders met to plan our response after Al Qaeda, supported by the Taliban, killed three thousand Americans on nine eleven. No member of the Taliban should set foot there ever. The Taliban still harbors Al Qaeda. The president is right to end the talks. Like there, are, there are places to meet in between, right? Like they could have met somewhere in the well, Middle East. Well, Chris Murphy, who's a who's a Democrat, very pretty vocal Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, said, "Well, what's what was the purpose of having it in the United States? Why not have, you know, if you're looking for an agreement that's going to have legitimacy with with Afghans, right? Because this is an agreement between." The, the the government that the Taliban opposes, the Afghan government that the Taliban opposes, and the Taliban, um, why not have it in Afghanistan? President could visit Afghanistan. That's uh, that's been an issue in itself. So right, 
All right, look, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. One other major piece of news over the weekend, Joe, uh, that we need to address, and that was the start of the new NFL season, which I know you're a big football fan. You've been totally into this. Everybody knows that about yeah. me. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about some lessons from week one of the NFL season that the defense establishment could use in their national security work. For example, on Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles fell behind uh, 17 to nothing to the Maryland-based Washington Redskins. Um, but they stormed back to score 25 points in the second half, come out victorious. I think that's an important lesson, not to let temporary defeats distract you from your overall war strategy. Mm. It's certainly not just a way for me to mention that the Eagles won on Sunday. Um, well, so I wanted to see, you know, what are your thoughts being the big football fan that you you are Look, I, I think it's a mistake to make any kind of broad generalizations from the for, for the whole season based on the first game. But, um, you know, the Redskins played a a great first half, and everything was right, and they fell flat in the second half. But let's remember their defensive line lost a lineman, a crucial crucial lineman, Jonathan Allen, to a knee sprain, after which the, um, you know, Philadelphia's uh, wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, managed um, two, you know, like a 51 and a 53-yard touchdown. Also, Redskins coach... Jay Gruden decided not to play their top offensive player from last year. It just makes you wonder what is management, you know, what is the what is leadership thinking when they when they take a a crucial player like Adrian Peterson and they don't play him. You were you were so close on so many of those points. They're like <laughs> that you're like you're like just close enough to get yourself in trouble but not actually understand <laughs> what you're saying with each of them it was beautiful i i applaud the effort on all of that you weren't close but i applaud the effort on all of that joe so um look at the you know i i feel like we can get you involved this season so. you just have to the, scratch yeah. your head and hope that the that the coaching staff makes a better decision moving forward so that's that's the that's the lesson for that i was just looking for you to say defense is important <laughs> you know, we were going to get out of the segment here but i you know i liked it i think that worked out well here so uh, look, I'll be looking for ways to fit uh, NFL scores into our coverage all week long. You can read our stories at MilitaryTimes.com and DefenseNews.com. And you can follow us all week long at Twitter. I'm at Leo Shane. I'm at Reporter Joe. I uh, just wanted to warn all of our listeners that this podcast may be put on ice for a little bit as we do a little more retooling behind the scenes. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening and all of you who have sent notes saying nice things about this effort. Keep that subscribe button pushed on and keep an eye out for new episodes down the road. Until then, thanks for listening.